dropped the subject. All right, let's have some fun here. Let's drop the subject on the new Channel Q. And on Fridays, we take the straight perspective and we throw it out the window. And Kevin Klein is replaced by my bisexual buddy, Clayton Ferris. How are you doing, Clayton? I'm good, Allie. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm uh, excited to talk about my possible new sexual identity yes, today. Yes, that is one of many exciting things we have planned on the show today. A new segment called Coming to Terms. There are a lot of sexual identities and gender identities out there. And I think it's about time we broke it down Sesame Street style and educated everybody. Uh, I mean, especially just people who... There, I think there are a lot of members of the LGBT community who are confused about all the uh, all the terms out there. I know I am, so I think I need a lesson of my own. Yeah, we'll break th- it down together. This will be most helpful for you and I, because <laughs> I feel like I'm fishing my way through all of these terms. So I'm excited to do some learning I today. Think, <laughs> some learning. I think that... Um, Sexualities are becoming like hashtags now. There's just a new one every day. Every day. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Lisa Donato is joining us in studio to break down some of the LGBT films that are coming out this year and uh, and have come out in the last five years. Very fascinating discussion. She is a, an award-winning writer, director, producer, and activist. She's won many awards for her films, all LGBTQ. And I want to talk about several. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is something we have to break down. But there's a new film as well that's coming out that is... Uh, with Swarzer Ronan and I believe Kate Winslet, and there's already controversy about that. That can't be how you say her name. Schwarzer? It's not Schwarzer? <laughs> Isn't it like Cersei? It's a Swarzer Ronan. Swarzer Ronan. What's your name? It's like when she wins something, they're like, yeah. you're up. Everyone's afraid to pronounce. They're like, please let me get the other name. A new musical theater is also, uh, it's hot off the presses, so we will give that a listen. We also have to break down the gayest news headlines of the week. And I don't know about you, Clayton, but... Obviously, climate change is on everybody's minds. When you think of weather extremes, you think of, uh, you know, horrible hot summers and freezing cold winters. Snowfall this year is at an all-time high. And then in the wintertime, or in the summertime, of course, you have temperatures getting higher and higher to the point where we're burning alive. Mm -hmm. But I think that we're even reaching a point now where climate change isn't just about winter and summer. I read these headlines... Uh, here's one. Flower crazed tourists cause super bloom apocalypse. Jeez. And it makes me think that now even springtime is becoming extreme to the point where it is working to our detriment as a society. It is. It's killing me, actually. <laughs> I blame my allergies on this super bloom. Well, yeah, everybody is having worth the worst allergies, and it's probably only going to get worse, and allergy medication is probably not going to work anymore, just like a lot of medications don't work or flu shots don't work. No. It's going to be the same with allergy medication. That's why I started celery juicing. Apparently, it's going to help with my allergies. Really? I like I like this title, Rare Super Bloom Stuns Visitors. <laughs> I mean, I do think the, the media is taking this a little too far. Uh, yeah, flower-crazed tourists and Instagrammers cause super bloom apocalypse in California. This is, of course, about Lake Elsinore, California, where there is a super bloom of poppies, and they have now had to shut down Walker Canyon because so many people are flocking to see these poppies that uh, uh, residents cannot even get to their house anymore uh, and there there are also people injuring themselves because they are trying to run through the field of poppies people are crazy and then rolling their ankles uh, there are people crushing the flowers because they're trying to get selfies in the midst of all the poppies this is the problem it's people are so obsessed with getting the photo like no one's even going to look at, and actually awe at the beauty of the bloom no, they're gonna spend 0.2 seconds scrolling and tapping, double tapping a heart, right? And then they're going to move on, and, and they then, had no idea what it took for you to get that picture. No, and they have no idea what they were missing by just looking out, you know, out out there. But I do want to get a super bloom selfie. I got to figure <laughs> out when I can go. All that being said, I got to get a super bloom. <laughs> but there's free. There, I mean, this is. I think that when you go to Lake Elsinore now, because of all the shutdowns, you have to go to a certain parking structure that's way farther away from the poppy field. Then you have to get on some kind of $10 shuttle bus in order to get to that area. I mean, and then you probably have to wait in line. I mean, it's a whole long process now. So you got to just find a random patch of poppies Photoshop to make it look like it's more poppies. Yeah, it sounds And then like... you can make it yourself. Yeah. I don't think you really got to go there. No, you could just like draw some 
poppies on a on a background and kind of stand in front of that. But this whole thing feels like like going to look at these super bloom and the poppies feels like going to like a music festival. It is, but yeah. But there's no music. No, no it's just nature. It's People just are actually nature. flocking to see free nature. Um, and I think that this is just going to breed an entirely different uh, chapter of like, you know, those selfie museums that they come out with where it's mm. the ice cream museum and the whatever museum, the Grey's Anatomy museum. It's really just about <laughs> taking Instagram pictures. I feel like that's going to exist now for nature. That's what nature poppy, has. The poppy museum or the out, the Yosemite museum. And you're just going to go take these amazing pictures of you on high precipices that's, that aren't real. That's true. That's really true. Nature has become... A selfie museum. Yes, it is. It That's has. Sad. Uh, hashtag Poppy Nightmare has oh. been trending. I don't understand why we're not using the apopulypse. <laughs> uh, another headline here is the butterflies are disoriented and or disorienting and freaking out the public. Uh, here's another. I think. Uh, blown up headline it blindsided me surprise as massive butterfly swarm reaches northern california so even the butterflies one of the most beautiful things that nature can offer is now also disorienting and blindsiding the community to the point where it is possibly to their detriment so there was this this like huge migration of butterflies that a passed, billion a billion butterflies painted ladies painted ladies passed through california i actually heard about it but then when it was happening i where people were talking about butterflies, and then I walked outside and I looked up, and honestly, there were there's a there was a ton, there were a ton of them. a ton of butterflies, and it was real. I thought it was really cool. No, it it's it was beautiful. I think it was beautiful. I think that it's just funny that that many of them were all migrating at once to the point where everyone is calling it a swarm and a disorienting, <laughs> like that there are so many that it's, no one can handle it. No one can, people are like choking on them, yeah. killing yes. them with their windshield, like <laughs> windows. I want to put one of them in a shoebox. <laughs> so, and then I think that yesterday I actually saw one still migrating. Oh, I no. was like, oh no, dude. Oh, Everyone's God. already, you are late. It's kind of like the drunk one that's late. That's like, guys, where did everyone <laughs> where go? go? What the hell, man? Guys, Come on, I don't know how to get to Mexico. <laughs> There's some 19-year-old trying to get a selfie with me. This is crazy. <laughs> Guys, have you seen these flowers back here? <laughs> Check it out. Uh, all right. The end of the world is coming, and apparently no season is safe anymore. All right, we have to take a break. When we get back, there are throwbacks. Everyone loves a throwback, whether it's a, a, a TV show or um, uh, just using a compact disc or wearing a scrunchie. But now it seems like crimes are even making a comeback from the 90s. So we'll break all that down after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Many people have asked us to drop the subject on this show, but we will not do it. Never. 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 This is Drop the Subject. I'm Allie Johnson. I'm here with Clayton Ferris today for Friday, bye day. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. How's it going? This is the new Channel Q. Throwbacks are, and nostalgia in general, have been the talk of the town for several years. I mean, if you look, we've talked about reboots, obviously. Uh... Anytime Courtney Cox goes to the Friends set and takes an Instagram video, everybody freaks out. Uh, you know, anytime a, a show or a movie from the 80s or 90s uh, is, is, is coming back, everyone freaks out. I think I just heard that Biodome is being remade, which was not a good movie to begin with, but apparently it doesn't matter because it's about the throwback. It's about the, uh, it's about the reboot. It's just about bringing it back because people will see it regardless. I hope that's fake news. Nope, I think it's real. <laughs> I was driving down the street the other day saw a billboard for Pet Cemetery and Dumbo and thought I was in a different time period. <laughs> nope. And then I saw a woman walking by with a crop top and high-waisted jeans that were like bell-bottoms, and I was like, I don't know where I am anymore. No. But apparently, now even crimes are making a comeback. There are two stories that were circulating this week. One about an American figure skater deliberately cutting one of her competitors with her uh, figure skating blade. <laughs> And it, I was like, wow, this, ex I mean, not exact thing, but something very similar happened in, 19, I think it was 1993, 1994, with, of course, Tanya Harding, which then got made into a movie, which everyone watched, because they were like, oh, yeah, this crazy bitch did that. That was, I remember that. And then I read about this guy, Justin Carter, this uh, country singer, 
getting into an accident during his uh, during his music video shoot, and he got accidentally killed by one of the guns that was a prop gun. And I was like, this happened in The Crow. This was also, I think, in 93, 94. It was a crazy time, <laughs> the 90s. And it is back in every way. It's not just back in reboots. It's back in life as well. I will take the horrible fashion from the 90s. I'm not going to do it. But if I'm driving down the street in a hipster neighborhood and I see the children dressing like they're in the 90s, that's okay. I don't want the crimes of the <laughs> 90s to come back. Okay. Well, Lorena Bobbitt. And it's not the first time somebody cut off a man's manhood, but that was a very popular story. That was a huge story. And then, uh, I mean, there have been many genitalia cut off ever since. She was a real trendsetter in that regard. She she set the bar there. (laughs) But that's probably one of the main crimes I don't want repeated, especially if it's someone that I'm dating. (laughs) You don't want to date anyone that requires... But, I mean, a lot of people think that... He that she was just defending herself. Yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff around that. Uh, there was also, I think, a documentary that just came out about that case. But um, I, I don't. I mean, there are certain things that I am definitely nostalgic about. If I saw that that show, Pen Fifteen, for mm-hmm. example, did you have you watched that show on Hulu? I have not watched it yet. So it's about the 2000s, not even the 90s, and it was. It's about. Two 13-year-old girls who are, in, you know, coming of age in the in the year 2000, and it is to a T what I was experiencing in my life, right down to the AAIM chat, going to an AIM chat uh, room, and then getting hit up by anonymous people that were supposed to be my age, but none of them probably were, Yikes. having very weird experiences like that, and I could not stop watching. I mean, it was a funny show regardless, but they pull on those nostalgia so heartstrings, The nostalgia and worked for you there. Do you remember your a- your AIM name? <laughs> no, and that's the other thing I was trying to remember What when I was watching that. I think that the only screen name I can remember was my BFF Alley 143, and that was made by my friend. Oh. Because he was like, we're going to make you a profile, and blah, blah, blah. And he said that that was going to be my screen name. It was never anything that I liked doing or a band I liked or anything. It was just my BFF Alley. It's so interesting that like we did not use our actual names for our screen names and usernames like back in the 90s like we would like mine was Yoni Face. Don't ask. <laughs> That's just what it was. But I'd like to ask. <laughs> why did you choose Yoni Face as your screen name? Well, Yoni is kind of like the Sanskrit word. It's like a it's kind of like a Middle Eastern word for a female nether region. I don't know why I did that. But but there must have been a reason behind this that you decided, what says something about me and what I want out of my profile? (laughs) What are the the people I want to meet? I think it was just me Mm, being funny. Garth Brooks fan 101? No, 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 no. I'll go with Yoni Face. Yoni Face. Why did it have to be Face? (laughs) It could have been Yoni Head. Yoni Pants. Yoni Yoni Pants, I would have definitely friended you regardless. But if I was meeting random people online in chat rooms, they all had very generic names. I don't think that if there was somebody with a, a screen name as telling as Yoni Face as I, <laughs> that I would have probably continued that chat. Well, this was also pre-Google so like I had to really look that word up in the library. <laughs> yeah, how did you know that word that back then? I, I, I was in college. I didn't really get the internet. I mean, I was... Wait, I, your first screen name was in college? Yeah, I, like I did not really get on the internet train until college. What about the Oregon Trail train? I was at Oregon Trail in middle school and high school for okay, sure. Okay, but you, so you were definitely that because that was my those were my first interactions with a computer. Yes, absolutely. With Oregon Trail. Well, I'm the Oregon Trail generation or the the uh, zennial they call it because I was born I'm born in between that time period where I'm not a millennial and I'm not Generation X. I'm right in between. Okay, I love that. Uh, Oregon Trail and AIM are used as marker as mile markers they are. for our generation because it really is true. We I remember a couple of years back we played a live version of Oregon Trail because there's a new uh, there's a website where you can actually play for free and everybody flipped. People were calling in and saying, "I want to be uh, I, I want to be in the wagon," and we would put them in the wagon and then be like, "Oh no, you died of dysentery." We'd play it all show long and it, I mean people love it. It's exciting. That is exciting. You'd be like, "You're going," but buffalo hunting on that game was always the best part. Oh yeah. They yeah. need to make an Oregon Trail like a really beautiful beautiful graphics like a modern version of it. Well, I mean, I'm 
I, I would imagine that that would be in the works by now. There's well, got to be some kind of a remaster. But I think people enjoy the old school graphics of Oregon Trail. So yeah. I think you'd have to bring... You'd have to bring some of the conveniences of modern technology into it, but you have to keep the old style look for I, people to really be on board. I think we have to take dysentery out of the 8-bit world <laughs> so people really see what these well they were going through. And, I mean, going back to nostalgia, we, so we've seen uh, video games come back, movies come back, uh, crimes come back. We've also seen old-timey diseases come back. Dysentery and and uh, polio and all that stuff. Syphilis is back on the rise. Chickenpox is on the rise. Yeah, mumps, measles. I mean, we will talk about chickenpox later. There's the chickenpox parties people are having to give their kids chickenpox <laughs> unwillingly without their child's not without their child's knowledge. It's crazy. Um, I right. know that we're talking about that later, but my parents, even though we were vaccinated, my parents did something similar to us. <gasps> Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait to hear about that. I'm really, I feel bad for anyone who was in that sleepover with you. Just like, I just want to like, watch Scream and, you know, paint my It's face. literally like walking into like your own death. They're like, go. Yeah. Your parents are like, I don't care that it's a Tuesday night. You need to go. He has chicken pox now. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Coming to Terms, a brand new segment here on Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. There are a lot of gender and sexual identities out there. It is an ever-changing list, so we will break some of these down Sesame Street style. We've even got lovely music to go with it. So education lessons start right after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. This is Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. Thanks for checking us out. Give us a follow as well, if you'd like, at DTS Show. We're on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, where can people follow you, Clayton? You can follow me across all social media platforms at Clayton at Clayton Ferris. Uh-huh. And I'm at your Allie Johnson. You can also follow the station. They would really appreciate it. We all would. At We Are Channel Q on Twitter and Instagram. All right. A new segment. Coming to terms. Yes, there are a lot of sexual identities. There are a lot of gender identities. It is ever-changing. You may feel like a dum-dum for not knowing about all the new terms and uh, labels that people are using for themselves. Don't feel bad. We're all in the same boat with you. So maybe it's time that we just sat down in a little semicircle and had a little lesson about some of the new terms that are out there in the LGBTQ plus community. I'm very excited about this because the mo- the person who needs to know this m- most is me. Yeah, well, because uh, before we started the show today, Clayton informed me that he has up until now identified as bisexual, but now, now that all these new terms are out... Maybe that's not how you identify anymore. It just, it seems like with every new term that comes out, we can get more and more specific about who we are. Mm -hmm. And this one really stood out to me. Okay. Well, we're going to break this down by letter. This is why we're doing it Sesame Street style. So today, Coming to Terms is brought to you by the letter P. Oh, boy. Aha! Oh, P. Let me get the music again. We just look like idiots if there's no music (laughs) underneath this. Uh, All right. P, the first one here, pansexuality. Now, here we go. This is a one that a lot of people are using to this. Where the hell's the music? It's just slowly coming back. Do my music! Ah, That's not Sesame Street at all. <laughs> pansexuality is a word that a lot of people are using to identify as now because it's a kind of... I guess it encompasses a lot in just that one word. Pansexuality is the attraction of all genders. They are often described as being gender blind. <laughs> okay. They that's, can... That's, uh, that's problematic. Yeah. I, I don't know if the blind community wants to be <laughs> attached to everything. Like, I'm colorblind. I'm gender blind. I don't see gender. I don't see color. And the blind people are like, I don't see anything. <laughs> Leave me alone. But people, you know, of many different genders are like, but I want you to see me. <laughs> Please. I want to be seen. I need to be seen. About my blindness. 
They can be attracted to all genders, such as male, female, transgender, uh, transgender, androgynous, non-binary, etc. So what I run into is, I had to explain this to my mom recently, what pansexuality was. Because in her mind, in her old school mind, she's still, it's not like she's uh, intolerant or anything like that. She's a very accepting person. But she just was not clear on... If you're bisexual, doesn't that mean all genders? Because there's men and there's women. And that's why this word specifically kind of stood out, jumped out to me, because bisexuality confines, you know, the gender spectrum to two things. And I found myself attracted to trans people. I want to be open to, you know, gender queer people, all sorts of people. So it was I was like, this is more me than bisexual. Bisexuality is old school dare I say it but that's the problem is people are saying that if you you know be proud if you are bisexual because bi erasure is this big thing that kind of happens in the world like if you're bisexual you're like "Eh, it doesn't matter like you get to benefit from all privilege and everything but so it just depends on where you you stand on that for me today I'm pansexual. You're feeling pansexual. Are you coming out as pansexual on the show? Yes. All right. Well, P is for pansexuality. And uh, Clayton, I mean, this is how they would do it on Sesame Street. They'd be like, what is a logger? What does a logger do? Well, we have a logger right here to explain his job. So perfect. (laughs) We have a a pansexual right here on the show. All right. But that's only the first term, Clayton. There's some other ones here. So maybe you're going to change your mind again. I shouldn't choose yet. (laughs) All right. Panromantic. A panromantic is a person that can be romantically attracted to all genders, but not necessarily sexually. So, for example, we talked to Nikki Andres recently, mm-hmm. trans uh, transgender woman. I found her to be very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I could even consider myself to be romantically attracted to somebody like Nikki Andres. Maybe not sexually attracted, also because I am a married woman. But uh, does that make me panromantic? And if it's still only women, does that make me panromantic? Or do I have to also get on the dude train? This one's to get on the dude train. That sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds fun for you. It I sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> but panromantic is, is difficult to me because now we have to break down the difference between like just romance like this romantic idea and this sexual idea. Like I'm having trouble with this one. I don't fully understand. <laughs> We're supposed to educate everybody and we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I guess being romantically involved with somebody or feeling like I want to be held by this person. I maybe even want to snuggle and and Netflix binge watch something with this person or have a nice romantic dinner, but not take it further than that. You don't I mean, there are some people who maybe. are asexual so they can have re- uh, romantic relationships that aren't necessarily uh, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> what is necessarily? Is that a new term? <laughs> no. I just invented a new one. Okay. That's not till next week when we do ends, okay? Necessarily. Uh, I need sex. This is like I I definitely I guess will come across as fully male in this this statement, but I how could you go through all the things of romance without wanting or wanting it to end I mean, in sex. Hey, you know, yeah, that is a guy mentality. And I wonder how many asexual men there are out there because men, of course, usually a lot more, uh, you know, sex is definitely on the forefront of the brain. Women, it's more about relationships. So maybe there are some uh, asexual men out there that don't feel sexually attracted to anybody. I really like to hear from you. Please give us a call. 833-77-CALL-Q. But are we saying that asexuality and panromanticism are the same thing? No, I'm just saying that I think that the j- difference between romantic love and sexual love can kind of be explained by the by the asexual community, where okay. they don't feel sexually attracted, but they feel romantically attracted. Mm, okay. All right, so, moving on. But the next P... Yes. Is something that... There are, yeah, we're doing the letter P today, and there are four different ones here, and this is just the most recent list of sexual... I mean, this is just an AZ list, list of sexualities. We haven't even gotten to gender identities. Um, pomosexuality. Pomo, bro. <laughs> are you a pomo? I'm pomophobic. <laughs> this refers to non-orientation, in which people disregard... This is where I start getting confused. Oh, my God. Okay, well, this refers is refers to non orientation in which people disregard sexuality labels altogether. Okay, so labeling yourself as homosexual means you're not labeling yourself. 
<laughs> oh my God. That Basically, labels are seen as superficial and insignificant to someone who identifies as homosexual. Okay. And that is also exciting to me because I've always been one of those people that are like, I, you know, no labels. I'm not about labels. Not in a box. Don't put I me in a like box. I just like box sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> So then, have you? Are you changing from pansexual to pomosexual? Oh man, can I be pan pomo? <laughs> uh, sure, I think you could be whatever the hell you want. See, You're pan pomosexual. I'm pan pomosexual. You're pomo pan. I'm pomo pan. I'm you pomo, just... pomo erotic. <laughs> Right. Do you, you should just please go around and start telling everybody you're Pan Pomo. Pan Pomo. And see if anybody asks questions at all. Oh, I'm I'm Pan Pomo. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, 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 man. Yeah. I'm going to put it in my Instagram bio. It's going to say Pan Pomo. Yeah. And on Tinder, too. <laughs> on Tinder. And all of them. That's just going to make it harder for me to ever get a date. <laughs> or easier. Or easier. Because you're taking yourself out of that box. And then finally, polysexual. And this is different than polyamorous, I guess. But this is... The, uh, you're attracted to some, but not all genders. May, uh, they may be attracted to any combination of possible genders, including binary and non-binary. How is this different than pansexual? Because this one is ex- like excludes certain people. So this is I see. This is like so you're like I. This is so if I was say romantically interested or even sexually attracted to somebody like Nikki Andre, Andres, a trans transgender woman, but I'm also I- interested in cis women. But you right? don't like or non-binary men. women, but I don't like men. You're- so that would mean I'm polysexual because. Pansexuality would meet would include the dudes. So, are you coming out as polysexual right now? I don't now? know what I am anymore. <laughs> and this is just the piece. Can you just just be an old fashioned lesbian? I am gonna be an old fashioned lesbian <laughs> because I think that lesbian is a word that people don't always love using. I think that people avoid the word lesbo a lot of times. I don't know. There's some kind of a negative stigma around it. But I'm an out and proud lesbo, and I always will be. Okay, and for now, I'm going to say that I'm pansexual. Okay, all right. We're sticking with pansexual. So there you have it. So today's Coming to Terms is brought to you by the letter P. Yay! And now we're going to have to change our Friday by day music. Oh. So it's Friday pansexual day. Can it just be Friday pie day? <laughs> Well, Pi Day already happened. Oh, dang it. 3.14. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will give you the stories that we will uh, break down for News It or Lose It. And uh, then next hour, we have Lisa Donato coming in studio to discuss some of the many, many lesbo-heavy films that are coming. I mean, LGBT, but there's also a lot of great lesbian ones. So we'll break all of that down uh, when we come back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Ah, yes. Drop the subject is in your ear holes. Thank you for checking us out. We are at the new Channel Q. Hanging out with the new Panpo poly identified Clayton (laughs) Ferris today. I'm Allie Johnson. Uh, It's fascinating chat. If you missed coming to terms, we broke down uh, the letter P, every sexual identity that is listed under the letter P. Next week, you can look forward to A. We, I mean, just looking at this, A-brosexual. I'm not even going to look at what that means yet, but I cannot wait to break it down and uh, have another education lesson a week from today. I just, off the top of my head, I think it's someone that's like, hey, bro. <laughs> I only say, hey, bro, hey, bro. as you, a, a pickup line. Hey, bro, you sexual? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, you want to get sexual? Cool. Yeah, I'm a bro. Are you a bro? Oh, God, that would make me throw up. Okay. <coughs> actually... That wouldn't make me throw up. I'd be like, yeah, bro. You're into bros? I do like a bro. You do like a bro? Okay. You don't. So you don't have a certain type when it comes to men at all. You don't like guys that are super uh, like, oh, I'm only into bears or I'm only into guys that are very feminine. I mean, I think I would like, you know, let's you would like a bro because a bro probably works out takes care of his body, keeps a clean fade in his hair. He's got a clean fade. He's but, got a dumbbell on his arm, bro. He's got a dumbbell on his arm and a pair of bird dog shorts on. <laughs> but more, I think I like more of like the neurotic-y, like kind of like me, like oh, a okay. neurotic. So you just love yourself. I love myself. Maybe that's another sexuality like a, we'll break down. A, 
smart. Well, one that we haven't broken down, which I thought we might, was um, oh gosh, what is it? Never mind, I can't remember. It's like a someone that only goes after like people that are like people them. that are smart. Oh, I see. Well, I get accused of being, uh, I, I guess, narcissistic would be the sexuality preference because people <laughs> think that my wife looks exactly like me. I am not uh, subscribed to that mentality. I think that we look like different people completely, but I think that over time when couples have been together a while, they end up looking like each other and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's sapiosexual. That's it. It's a person who is sexually attracted to intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Well, then they wanted really wanted to date like Stephen Hawking and stuff. Is that, Maybe. It's just like whatever the smartest people in the world are. Okay. We have to present stories for News It or Lose It. We will uh, break down some headlines. We will decide which ones we will news and which ones we will lose. The ones that we will lose, we will never speak of again. The ones that we news, we will break down at the top of the next hour. All right. Headline number one. Oh, yes. Ah, the intro. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Thank you, Justin. Headline number one. Sperm from a frozen chunk of testicle helped create this baby monkey. <laughs> Wait, is this Questions? the gayest news headline? Or is this... <laughs> we haven't gotten to gayest news headline okay. yet. This is, uh, I guess, strangest headline. Spermiest headline. Oh. It has been a very spermy show this whole week, I have oh, to admit. Uh, that is disgusting. <laughs> so you don't need any more information. Shall we lose it? We should lose it. Although I'm slightly curious. <laughs> I, I mean, fro- I, hey, I found this frozen chunk of testicle. Does anyone need this? Oh, yeah. I need it to help create this baby monkey. That's so funny. Yeah, that um, sounds like a, the start of like dress, a different <laughs> Jurassic Park. Like if Jurassic Park was a different story. Like a story, weird fetishized version. Yeah, of like the, maybe Jurassic the Jurassic Park. Park porn. Like they found a frozen testicle. <laughs> what do I do with this? And then they, they clone the perfect bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Headline number two. Chicken pox parties. Your questions answered. I want to know about this. I don't know about you, Clayton. No, but I, the fact that people are putting their kids in situations where they're getting chicken pox for their just to build up their immunity is crazy to me. I want to. I need to talk about this. And this is triggering something for similar me. happened to you. Okay, great. Uh, all right. Headline number three. Papa John's announces its newest board member, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my gosh, that's so pandering. <laughs> no, boo. <laughs> Papa Clickbait if I've ever heard it. Uh, but I guess a true story. All right. And headline number four, Game of Thrones actress reveals she has two br- had two brain aneurysms while filming Game of Thrones. This is insane. I got to hear this. I got to hear it too. Because I'm a huge fan of both Game of Thrones and... And aneurysms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will break those down when we get back. Uh, and we have a guest next hour too as well. Lisa Donato will be joining us in studio to discuss some of the many LGBT films that are coming out in the next couple of years and the ones that have come out of the last five years and all the controversy around those films. So we'll get into all that after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We are back and ready to party on Friday by day. (laughs) Radio host mixed with club promoter. I love it. Welcome we back. are back and ready. Where's Kathy? Kathy, it's your birthday. Uh, yes, thank very, very well done, Clayton. Thank you. I, I panicked. <laughs> thank you. I'm freaking out. Uh, yes, this is drop the subject. I'm Allie Johnson. Clayton Ferris is in with me today. Uh, Kevin Klein gets to take a day off on Fridays. Actually, you know what? I get to take a day off from Kevin Klein. How's that? <laughs> and uh, Clayton joins me as we break down LGBT issues and have some fun in the ma- in the process. And now we dig in to news it or lose it. Drop the subject presents news it or lose it. chicken pox parties oh to be a child again (laughs) maybe you've been invited to one maybe you've been to one and never knew it it is a weird time to be a parent in America having chicken pox parties is a growing trend among parents because of all the anti this is all because of Jenny McCarthy okay anti-vaccination movement it's been a topic of debate for a while now, this is probably why, I mean, I don't think it's probably, I think they know that's why everyone's getting measles. 
And then the Kentucky governor, Matt Bevin, came out and said, I exposed all nine of my children to chicken pox on purpose because I wanted to build up their immunity naturally because I'm not going to vaccinate them. And he is not alone. Parents who think that vaccinations are the devil, they're just going rogue and planning pox parties, saying, oh, you know what? Timmy has the chicken pox right now. Party at Timmy's house. Let's all play share the cups. You know, let's make sure they all get it because we want them to get it now. We don't want them to get it as adults. But doctors are saying, uh, shocker, don't do this. Can you imagine the lie uh, that you're telling to your children? Like, we're going to drop you off at Timmy's house. You're just going to have fun. They're I having don't like a... Timmy. No, you like Timmy. Hit to... me. <laughs> That's okay. You're going to have fun. There's going to be a cake. Did he hit you before washing his hands? I hope so. <laughs> it's going to be a party. And then the kid gets there. And he's like, why is this person covered in chicken pox? Right. I mean, you walk into this living room. And there's a child, all red-faced and blistering. Is it a party? Is there a DJ? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just a sleepover. I would imagine, like a traditional sleepover, but they they make it so that all of them are interacting with one another. Let me ask you, did you have chicken pox as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, did you have, were you vaccinated? I don't, I mean, I was vaccinated, but I don't think I had the chicken pox vaccination because I don't know that it was around then. So that's why this, I get this story, but when I was a kid, I mean, I don't know if I was vaccinated for chicken pox or not. I know that I had my vaccines, but we, I had three siblings, so there were four of us total. And it was like when one of us got the chicken pox, my mom had a little party of like we all had to. Oh, well, among the siblings? Yeah, all the siblings. We all had chicken pox at the same time. And all how four did she, what was, what was the party like? <clears throat> it was just a simple day it was party. Just us licking each other's faces <laughs> and things like no, that. No, I mean, if you just play like normal kids, you are going to get the chicken pox. And so I, there were no, there were no, uh, it was no specific games. There were no specific were games geared towards getting. It was each just like jerks. go hug your sister and then like, <laughs> which is a great. game. I love that game. It's a great you know, game. In the my South. sister is very attractive. I would be happy to play that game. But I also remember the part that traumatized me, and this is not actually a weird thing. But my mom, because we were we were head to toe chicken pox, like it was a bad case. And, I, if and if, I, as a parent, do you want to deal with that many kids at once? All having, four of us. Yeah, having but chicken pox. I, if but. I remember correctly, this is bunk science, so don't believe me. But when you have the chicken pox, it's not like you're like sick. You're like you're not like throwing up or like have. No, it's a like fever. rolling around in a bunch of poison oak. Yeah, you just you're have just really like itchy and irritated. You're itchy and irritated. But we all had it at once, and I remember my mom took pictures of each of us what? because she was like, "This is insane." So she stripped us naked and took photographs of us. Where are those? No, that, you can't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> no. I want to see him for my own like purposes, well, just to see how bad the chicken pox were. I would like to see. I mean, I, like one of these articles that I was looking at, and uh, there are a lot of articles about chicken pox right now, and all of them have a picture of a sad-looking little boy that has red welts all over his face, and he has this forlorn look. Like yeah. my parents gave me chicken pox. This is such a bummer. But I wonder if that <clears throat> kid actually has chicken pox, or if they're giving him makeup chicken pox in order to take like a Getty Images photo. But it just it just bothers bothers me that people are like attack like I don't know who this guy is I'm sure he's a jerk for many other reasons who that Kentucky governor the Kentucky governor but it that's what people of that generation do like they're like they think they're doing their kids a service well because you're living in this generation now where you're either a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer it's like this weird west side story of parenting thing happening where you either do or you don't and anybody who is is vaccinating their kids is the devil anyone who's not is the devil they're all going after each other so all of the anti-vaxxers are getting together and going how do we make our kids still build up an immunity and be healthy on their own why don't we give them chicken pox but then chicken pox eventually lays dormant in your system and at the, one of the risks they say is that when you become an adult it can turn into shingles. They say right. the vaccination is actually very effective and very, very safe so if you just give your kid this one vaccination you wouldn't have to plan a chicken pox party and be rubbing calamine lotion all over our, all nine of your children <laughs> and they would probably have a better yes. life as a result of that. That's what it is, that pink calamine all right. lotion. <laughs> Alright, Jake. Jenny McCarthy says that you have to go over to Timmy's house. Yeah. And you're People not gonna... are just scared because they, they think that, you know, um, 
vaccines are causing a lot of kind of diseases in the future. Well, they think it causes have, everything bad. Yeah, everything bad. Part One of those things might be autism. And I think that parents are just freaking out. But I think that vaccines have worked and we don't want these diseases to spread more. I want to go back in time when I decide to become a parent. I want it to be formula. I want everything to be, I mean, I don't want to go as far back as to say everyone's like smoking and drinking while pregnant because I think they figured out that that was bad and I think it's consistently been known that that's bad. But we go back and forth with the formula and the breast milk and there's all kinds of studies proving different things. And I don't want, I mean, now everybody breastfeeds because if you're a formula, if you raise your kid on formula, then you're this horrible person. How could you possibly not breastfeed? Because that's the answer. And that the fact that everyone decides to hook on to some kind of a new trendy thing or so, what's the best thing for your baby, right. then they shame everybody else who's not doing that. But we're also very spoiled because we don't remember a time when there were like all these dis- like, I mean, there's tons of diseases still, but these diseases were rampant and people were dying and people were having these horrible things. We don't remember those times. Yeah. So we're just kind of willy-nilly like, it doesn't matter, but we don't want those times. We don't want these. Dis- we, they can't come they back. They can't come back. And yes. that's what's happening is they're coming back because no, everyone is throwing science and, and the medical, you know, advancements yeah. out the window. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to stop here. Maybe they're going to do mumps parties. Mumps parties. Measles Bronchitis parties. parties. I mean, when when is it going to this? Poor, these poor children are going to all these horrible parties. But what if like the parties become like super cool? Super like fun. if you go to like a Black Plague party, <laughs> it's like the top it's all level themed. party. Everyone's wearing like fun outfits from the 1500s. All right. It's just 23 days until Game of Thrones is back in our lives. We are giddy with excitement. Some stuff was going down, though, in seasons past that we were unaware of, to the tune of Daenerys Targaryen having two brain aneurysms during, well, I guess one brain aneurysm and two brain surgeries throughout the course of Game of Thrones. Amelia Clark, she has just opened up about getting her dream role at 24 years old, starting filming on the show. Can you imagine this? I mean, you're an actor. You're 24 years old. You haven't had a big role ever. You get your first big role in something. Hey, they, oh, by the way, it takes $10 million to make one episode. You're probably going to be pretty famous after, you know, filming the season one of this. Start filming the show, the show of the century, only to get a brain aneurysm in the first season while you're working out at the gym to try and stay fit for the show. It's insane. She did it like she was letting her health be second, you know, go second rate to like her, her stress. No, she wanted. She's like, I "I don't want to lose this job and take care of my health. I got to stay here. Yeah, I got to I got to get back on the elliptical. She (laughs) says it has to do. The reason is interesting. She thinks it had to do with the constant pressure and stress that was around the issue of her nudity. Mm. of the character she was like everybody and every time I turned around and did an interview they were like why are you getting nude your character is so strong and she's such a strong woman but why do you take it all off and just show your you know boobies to everybody and she was like how but what do I have to do to prove myself to these people this is ridiculous and and then she feels strong. Like part of maybe being strong was her showing her body and not being here. Here's my boobies. You want them? You can't have them. So then (laughs) she says she was in after a surgery after the hemorrhage. She had surgery, then was unable to speak her full name weeks later. I don't think anyone should get on her about that. Daenerys Targaryen. It's a very hard name to pronounce. It's adding all kinds of different words onto it. Mother of Dragons, Khaleesi, something, something. I can't even pronounce her name now. <laughs> then she had a second surgery in season three, which involved opening her skull up and putting bits of titanium inside. Oh, my God. Which to me is badass. I know that that's tough, but what's heartbreaking about this is that nobody knew until now. So when you have... A brain injury. One of the only good things about it is that everyone's really nice to you because you just had a brain injury. She didn't even get that sympathy because no one knew she had all of this stuff going on. Because she didn't want to talk about it. That's that's a strong woman, if you but ask like, me. Why wouldn't you talk? I mean, <clears throat> if anyone's wondering, uh, she can't even spell. She can't even say her name. This is kind of weird. Did anything happen to you? No, no, everything's fine. <laughs> I love Amelia Clark, but she to me. Oh, this is you look. She's not a great actress. There, I said. <laughs> well, what those, those other movies that she's been in, and I'm like, oh my god, Amelia Clark's in another movie, and then I watch it, and I'm like, like Solo. I was like, oh, good. okay. <laughs> I think she's born to play 
Daenerys Targaryen, she and she, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see where her career goes. Okay, so this is a great segue into what we're talking about next. Uh, I believe Lisa Donato is joining us soon. She's an award-winning LGBT filmmaker, and there is a lot to talk about in the LGBTQ plus community and how it is represented in film and how it is becoming trendy to do lesbo movies and period pieces. It's like the the favorite and all those, and Carol, it's really just about being gay and in a different time period. So we'll break all that down. And musical theater, we have a new one of those to get to. So we'll break all that down after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. This is Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I'm Allie Johnson. I'm here with Clayton Ferris. And now in studio, we have a new person by the name of Lisa Donato in studio. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Hooray. You like that? The applause that you're getting? Look at <laughs> all those people it? standing up wow. for you. It's incredible. Yep. They only get lunch if they keep clapping. All right. Uh, to say you are an award-winning film- filmmaker is an understatement. I'm looking at all of these awards that you've received. Best LGBTQ short film, best romantic comedy, uh, best of fest in outfest, best short film, best cinematography, best women's short film. I mean, the list goes on and on. You are very qualified to be here and to be talking about what we're talking about, which is some of the films that are coming out um, in the next couple of years that are LGBT-themed. There have been a lot, obviously, in the past five years as well, and um, I'm curious curious to get your thoughts. I mean, we were just talking a little bit off the air about um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and you said you've seen it multiple times, correct? Yeah, it was the only film in 2018 that I saw three times in the theater. That's great that you added in the theater. In the theater. In you the gotta theater. add not on demand. I saw it three times in the theater, not just because I paid six bucks and had 48 hours to watch it three times. Are and you a huge Queen fan? I am a I am a fan. Okay. Is is it, when it comes to rock stars having their lives being put into a biopic his was really exciting to me I was like yes they're doing one with Queen they're doing one with Freddie Mercury this is going to be so great and then when I read all of the controversy and all of the things that people were pissed about not even just on regular news sites but on you know LGBT news sites people being very upset about him being straight washed in this movie and I was like really all right and then I watched the movie and I was like what is everyone talking about I don't even understand why everyone is so angry about the the movie and the the way they portrayed him right I think it says a lot about where we are with what we're expecting to see out of a gay character and um you know I'm dealing with that in my current film for other reasons but um, you know, he he's not maybe this this really overly gay or flamboyant person. He's just him. And that's actually what I really liked about it was more of a, a quiet performance. That's interesting because I actually feel I was one of the people that were like, it should have been gayer. Like we expected him to be this like party, you know. But, but it was I- about his life, not about him just being a gay guy right no absolutely but there was the moment where he if you haven't seen it sorry but Freddie Mercury was queer (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) that's the spoiler (laughs) no but the moment where he comes out as bisexual and then his partner in the film says you're not bisexual you're gay like people were had took issue with that moment I see but I I just I think that with a character like that it's about portraying him as accurate doing justice to him and his life and his character more than it is doing justice to the the gay community and making them feel seen and making them feel heard because I think everybody as soon as a a queer movie comes out everyone is anxious to get their voice heard right and it's why I wanted to ask you do you feel like there is ever going to be a perfect queer movie? Like, is there ever going to be a perfect where no one's complaining, everybody feels properly represented, everyone's like, yes, this is an accurate representation of we want what we want right now. I feel like you cannot win. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Call Me By Your Name was uh, pretty perfect in a lot of ways. But but no, you can't win. And I think that, um, you know, co- we're constantly trying to understand what we want while pushing the conversation forward especially as filmmakers so I don't know it's it it is it's a struggle I think that we're in and do you feel like you I mean do you get comments from the community from all the projects you do on a regular basis and how do you handle that oh my god all the time I mean I I've dedicated myself to just making queer content um, and I like to make movies about my life (laughs) um, and try to create you know new fresh 
ways of looking at what it means to be in a really long relationship, a really long 11 years. Wow. Um, so I try to normalize it as much as possible. Is it possible. like boyhood? Like it's, oh, it's over the course of your, the entire <laughs> 11 years of your life? <laughs> it feels like that. <laughs> um, but, so you got criticism from that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, the criticism I get is that there's not enough sex in my films. And yeah, but then you go back, and then you go to like blue is the warmest color, and people are like, "There's too much sex." Well, and a guy, you know, it's it's being directed by a cis white straight guy. So that's mm. another issue: is should people, when when you're making a queer film like this, should the people behind the camera be queer as well? And if so, like not even just director. The crew and stuff too, and then should the people be playing that are playing these queer roles also be queer? It's also something that is in the topic of discussion all the time. And I mean, do you feel like that should be like I, that? It should only be queer directors directing these pieces? No, I don't. I don't feel that. I do feel that the disparity needs to be corrected in opportunities for queer filmmakers. Um, and I feel like we're trying to level the playing field. And so I think uh, queer filmmakers, there's plenty of queer filmmakers that are making stuff and they're not like bubbling up to the surface. It doesn't and that's mean, the issue. Yes. Yes, that's the issue. They're not getting the opportunities after they make their personal yeah. films to make bigger movies. So it's not to say a straight or... white guy isn't qualified or should be able to do this. It's that there are other just as qualified people that are not getting the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Well, I want to break down another film, uh, Ammonite. This is a movie that's coming out, I believe, in 2020. We have to take a little break, but I want to talk about this when we get back because Kate Winslet and Schwarzer, Schwarz Ronan? Sersha. Sersha, yeah! We were like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then now, there you go. Uh, There is controversy around that film and it has not even come out. So we will break that down when we come back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. No, we will not drop the subject. We will continue on. We are here with Lisa Donato. Thank you for coming in, Lisa. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> again. Again. We're back. Uh, we are at the new channel Q. Thanks for checking us out. You can follow the show at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can also uh, follow the station at We Are Channel Q on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, where can people follow you, Lisa, to follow up on all the exciting? You've got plenty of projects in the works, right? So how can people stay updated with everything you're doing? I do. Uh, it's very easy. Director Donato is my handle for everything. And what's the latest thing you got going on? So I just got back from Louisiana. I shot my first feature um, in Hammond, Louisiana, and we are in post-production right now. I'm actually headed to the composer's house right after this to start writing some music. Oh, that's such a badass thing to say. I'm sorry, I got to go. I have to go to a composer's house. So Hollywood. <laughs> exciting. Yeah, very Hollywood, but exciting Hollywood. All right. Uh, a couple more th- films I want to break down with you. Ammonite. You've heard of it, I assume. Yes. This is a film um, with Sersha Ronan aha, and uh, Kate Winslet, and they are, uh, this is a story about, what is her name, Mary Anning, and uh, some of the family members, she's one of the, uh, I guess she's like a paleontologist, and she's uh, very... Uh, unsung hero in the fossil discovery community, and uh, some of her family has spoken out against the way that she is being portrayed in the movie and saying that uh, she it was interesting enough on her own and you didn't need to paint some fictionalized lesbian romance as a part of her life that we don't even know really happened and it brought this whole issue of sensationalizing people in history especially people that we weren't even sure were outwardly Lesbian. We're not sure what her identity was, right? So why are we sensationalizing this person, uh, basically, to sell tickets? So I'm anxious to get your thoughts on that because, like, on one hand, I always love to see a queer film coming out. It's like, oh, great! I'm, and also Kate Winslet making out with another great a girl. That sounds great to me. I will obviously watch that. It's been way too long since Heavenly Creatures. It's been yeah. <laughs> totally she needs agree. to reprise her lesbianism <laughs> right. for sure. Um, but I mean, it is especially because there are like people that have now passed on that are bring now are being brought into these films and if they are being portrayed correctly and would they want to be portrayed this way 
kind of have to think about that when you're creating these pieces. Right. Well, my first question is, when, uh, when did being a lesbian become sensationalized? Mm. Or, you know, I, I just don't think that's sensationalizing anything. Um, the fact that her sexuality or sexual orientation, any of that, w- was never confirmed, I think it's like, you know, it's free reign to portray that character however the filmmaker wants to portray her as. Yeah, it's still like a movie. We It needs to be interesting and exciting. And I, This I mean, isn't like a, a, a National a Geographic docuseries no. about her life, right? right. It's and, a movie that, you know, we want to see this stuff. And I I mean, I think it's great that, that, that if this was like a rumored part of her life or something, that, that's what, that they're adding that to the story and not shying away from it. But it just seems like it's her family that doesn't want this to become part of her legacy. Yeah, but then it also is because it's the family, I think people react to it more because if it was just random idiots on Twitter, which of of course they're always going to say stuff, but if it's her actual family members and her ancestors, then you feel like, oh, if they're upset, then are we doing this person a disservice? Okay, but 1840s England, I may have not really been coming out to my family. (laughs) Because I would get murdered. Right. It's not like I'd be like, mom, um, the cow died and I'm gay. (laughs) They're like, what's that? <laughs> I do think that there's this trend recently of doing lesbian pieces and period pieces and mixing them together. For some reason, it's like The Favorite and Carol and that one. It's like, it's like let's just take everything and go back in time and everyone's gay. And that's like, the, I feel like it's, it, it's attractive to people for some reason. It is, but we also have spent uh, decades where queer culture has been straightened. And so uh, I think this is just a little payback, maybe. But I think more than anything, uh, it's really about intent and context. And, you know, Francis Lee as a director is, I think, an incredible queer film, film, one of the best of our time right now, one of the best directors. Um, Have you guys seen God's Own Country? I did a while ago. Yeah, I did yeah. when it came out. Yeah. yeah, and he the way that he portrays queer characters is is very respectful. Um, he's not going to is he queer? He's yeah, he's queer. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, I, I believe so. I hope I'm not. <laughs> Are you outing Francis Lee right now? <laughs> we're gonna not. make a movie about his life and make it so gay or straight. So, oh, so, so we're gonna straight about it. Another project that I don't think has been formally announced yet, but there's been a lot of talk about Kristen Stewart's starring in a gay rom-com. And this excites me for a lot of reasons because I, while I love... I mean, anything LGBT or queer movies, I, I would love to see. But I do feel like, especially on the women front, it's overly serious. There's a lot of really dramatic stuff out there. And anytime there's a gay or lesbian comedy, I am so happy. And uh, When Sally Met Sally, What Women Want is Other Women, Crazy Rich Lesbians, Pretty Women, Ten Things I Hate About Dudes. These are all a few <laughs> alternate titles for Kristen Stewart's next movie. And she is hooking up with queer actor and 90s icon Clea Duvall uh, to create a basically a lesbo rom-com. And I don't know what this is going to entail. And I don't even think Kristen Stewart's ne- necessarily that fantastic of an actress, but I will be front and center for something like this. That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, she just uh, I, She's also somebody who, when she first came out, she was like, I don't know what I am. And then, I guess in a recent inter- interview... Uh, Stewart described herself as, quote, so gay. <laughs> that was recent? That's That just came out? I, I think so. <laughs> uh, she just came out. Yeah, I think she's coming out again and again and again, just being like, nope, super gay now. <laughs> but I don't think there are a lot of gay rom-coms out there. That's why Love, Simon was a big... Uh, I mean, it was great that that movie was watched by so many people because it was a really... I mean, it was just also a really solid movie, but it was a solid rom-com love story I about a gay movie. guy. Yeah. I also co-wrote a rom-com feature that came out, and it's a comedy. It's like straight-up comedy. Not to plug again. No, please. I want to see it. Yeah, it's called Signature Move, um, and it's on Amazon Prime right now. It toured the festival circuit, screened at over 150 festivals. Um, But it's it's a lesbian rom-com that you should check out. I think that it's just interesting that... now, after, like so many of the queer films that came out in the 80s, 90s, and even 2000s were about the dark, like, you know, people coming to terms with their sexuality or AIDS and HIV or that type of thing. And now, hopefully, we're moving into this space where people can just be themselves. Their queerness is only a small part of, like, their story. And yeah. I, that seems like where we're moving and it's exciting. I think that happens with race as well. 
mm-hmm. with a lot of movies coming. I mean, he's like, well, that, let's let's deal with these issues. That's why there was a backlash to Green Book, kind of, because it's like, why does it still have to be this this story? Of, right, like the black movie. Yeah, of, like the white savior movie for like a, a, a black man. It's, right. Well, this has been fascinating. I really appreciate it, Lisa. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, I hope that you will support my pilot that I am writing of Butch Pal for the Straight Gal, the first all-female queer eye. That is a comedy, but it also it has a heart of gold. It has a beautiful message about empowering women uh, and living your own truth and finding your own individuality rather than trying to present the perfect image to society. So, uh, And just a lot of queer women making great jokes. Lisa, can I ask you a blatant question? Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> How do you identify? Well, I... <laughs> I might be coming out for real right now, but I am bi. You're bi? Yeah. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is great then. It's I, Friday I, bi day. I usually say lesbian, but I am Congratulations. The studio audience is so proud of you for doing that. <laughs> no, that's exciting. I came out today as pansexual from bisexual. Really? Well, yes. Yeah, we've been going through some can. of the terms. Sure. And yeah, Clayton, you've already... Uh, also- you ha- you have to really research the terms because there's a broader, there's a bigger term for you, what you could be attracted to than just bisexual. Yeah. It's I mean, we, we went over pansexuality and Clayton was like, this is, this makes more sense to me because I've been att- attracted to people who are non-binary and androgynous and transgender. And so why would I limit myself to just men and women? Yeah, that makes sense. And we're so not are you pansexual you now? I, I am definitely pansexual. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yes, All we right. got three come outs today. <laughs> uh, we're just going to convert everybody to pansexuality. I'm like, I, I'm very much into women and mostly just women. But uh, I mean, now I just never know. Now that I'm a part of the station, I'm just like, I question everything all the time. I'm like, but maybe I'm also into people that look like me, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, All right. That's called mirror sexual. That's called narcissism. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Again, where can people find you and stay updated on your projects? Director Donato. Director Donato on Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming by. Uh, We have a new musical theater. Uh, If you... uh, need musical formats in order to absorb the news, then you are in luck. We have a new song, fresh, hot off the presses for you to listen to. And we have to announce the gayest news headline of the week, so we will do all of that after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Uh, Yes, this is Drop the Subject. We are back, but we are here to say goodbye, unfortunately. We have a few things we still have to get to. Are you crying? Yeah. It's it's upsetting. Um, It's just because of my allergies. (laughs) It's because I all of a sudden have allergies because of the apocalypse and the papakilips or whatever. All right. Uh, Musical theater. Ah, yes. You may enjoy musicals. If you are listening to this station, you probably enjoy music and musical theater. Um, And maybe you like getting caught up on the news, but it's easy to tune it out when it's just words. It's much better to put it to musical theater tunes. And our friend Twinkie has been making these on a weekly basis now. So I believe this week he has uh, done one over on the Phantom of the Opera. So without (laughs) further ado, this is this week's musical theater Phantom of the Opera edition. Quite a fair share They won't get Paul Ryan And his great hair Because not in the deal Fox Sports TV and news They're still Legally separated groups Run by Murdoch Brazil's new president Named Trump of the tropics Some guy named Devin Nunes Wishes a cow would tweet new topics Angel Mike Trout just got A new huge deal He's getting Bill Maher 
to play center field. Ooh, wow. Ominous. My goodness. I think that the mic was going to quit. That's actually at one impressive. point throughout that. I mean, I, I know that that's a tough song to sing. Yeah, and I learned stuff I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think I did. I didn't know that there was a Trump of the tropics. No. That's interesting. And I didn't know that Fox News and Fox Sports were cut out of the Fox deal. <laughs> Literally. So, see, you do listen more when it's musical theaters involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, Twinkie. You have really outdone yourself this week. That was absolutely fantastic. Flawless, I would even say. Can you do uh, Hamilton next? Oh, we're doing requests. Or yeah, Twinkie. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Those are your two requests, Twinkie. Make it happen. I'm sure he will work hard. He was a very hardworking man. He will put a lot of thought and effort into this. So I look forward to seeing that next week. All right. Before we say goodbye, we must give you the nominees for Gayest News Headline of the Week and announce the official winner. Headlines. Get your headlines. Headlines here. And not just any old headlines. The gayest of the gay. The lightest of the loafers. The bears. The queens. The tambourines. It's your Gayest News Headline of the Week. Hmm. All right. Who was that? (laughs) Who was that guy? He sounds pansexual. uh, Every week we scour the internet and find headlines that we think are super gay. Sometimes they actually are gay news headlines, and other times they just sound very gay. So without further ado, here are your five finalists for gayest news headline of the week. Headline number one. Ocasio-Cortez tries to insert herself into safety debate. Mm. Into who? Into Hoosier safety debate. <laughs> Interesting. Headline number two. Vegan influencer outed for eating meat in video. <laughs> I love your little... <laughs> I like these. Headline number three. <laughs> Chicken Hawk Racing sponsored Yamaha Factory Superbike Team. What? Chicken Hawk. This is what uh, they always say. Kevin Klein is uh, that is his qual that is uh, what do you how do you say his um, type? That's what he is. He's a Chicken Hawk, meaning he's an older gay man with salt and pepper hair, uh, but very attractive to the gay community. Uh, all right, headline. What are we on? Number four. Fairy houses under construction. <laughs> That is so gay. And headline number five. Bush's Budweiser, the king of meat. I love that that is a question mark at the end. All right. Any of them stand out to you, Clayton? Uh... I like fairy houses. Fairy houses under construction? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would. I didn't realize there were so many fairy houses and that they needed to go under construction. There must be a lot of uh, demand for those houses to be remodeled and maybe sold. Maybe the fairies are being priced out of their areas just like regular humans are. I actually had this really gross realization about vegan influencer outed for eating meat. <laughs> like, there's certain things that you couldn't do sexually if you're vegan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to leave that to the imagination, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Don't we, dump that, Justin. <laughs> he didn't. He does better now. He's get, twirling the finger, though, saying we have to go. Okay. The official winner this week for Gayest News Headline of the Week is... I think with that fanfare, we have to go with fairy houses under construction. Yeah. Wow, what a budding housing market for fairies. I hope they can survive. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We had filmmakers in studio. We talked about how uh, old crimes and diseases are coming back. We talked about how spring is going to kill us all. And we discovered that Clayton Ferris is now pansexual. Yes. We got a lot done. So now I'm the pansexual resident in pansexual. In pansexual. Yeah, you're the pansexual resident in pan. Yeah. Yes. It's going to get even more confusing, I'm sure, next week. Thank you for joining us. Give us a follow at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.